I see Bertie has left this pulpit all to myself here. <laughs> um, I'm not a public speaker by any means, but I'm here because of what the Lord has done in my life. And it's the Lord that has given me the, the grace to stand and to tell you what he's done in my life. I'm just going to read um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I just love that wee verse, and that wee verse just means so much to me. But I thank the Lord that I can stand and give a word of testimony to the saving keeping power of our Lord and Savior. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. I was brought up in a Christian family. Dad, mom, my four sisters, and one brother. We were sent faithfully to church and Sunday school, children's meetings, youth, and prayer meetings. And it was after Sunday school at the age of eight that I asked the Lord into my heart. My Sunday school teacher spoke with me and led me to the Lord. Growing up, you never missed church. The only time you got to stay at home was if you weren't well, if you were sick. Back then, I didn't appreciate how blessed I was having such a wonderful privilege of being brought up in a Christian home. During my teenage years, I met Davy, who is now my husband, at a church camp in Castle Wellen. We started going out, and after two years or so, I had finished it. I wanted my own space. Davy was disappointed. He was shocked. But you see, I wasn't walking with the Lord. I had got a taste for the world while out working and was so, and had so much living to do before I settled down. I was living away from home with my work and only home at the weekends. Sadly, I drifted away from God and had only eyes for the world. But in all that time, there was a conscience deep within. God had his protecting hand upon me. Any time I was out, the happiness wasn't real. I would come back to my room and I would feel so heavy-hearted and empty. I was seeing somebody else at this time. Strangely enough, the odd time we would have had a conversation about faith and about being saved. I also felt that my family were against me and they didn't love me anymore. I felt so alone. But the devil was busy. He took me out of that job, which was up in the Enniskillen Agricultural College. Um, I was a cook there. And I went to work in the Royal Arms Hotel, 
which is not there anymore in Oma. Some of you may remember it. I'm giving away my age now. Things got worse. I got deeper into sin. I was a cook in the kitchen, and one day I had an accident. I got severe burns and was off work for seven months. But you know, the Lord was at work in my life. While being back at home, I couldn't see how much, I could see how much my mum and dad loved me. While the devil was trying to tell me otherwise, God had made a way. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. My parents had prayed faithfully for me And praise the Lord, in May 1986, I asked the Lord back into my heart. Moms and dads here tonight, never give up praying for your sons and daughters. God hears your every cry. Love them and pray continually for them. Pray without ceasing. After I came back to the Lord, he gave me a promise. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the ways which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. And what a promise I had, my own personal guide through life. Sometime later, the Lord brought Davy back into my life. And on the 11th of May, 1988, we got married. We bought our home two miles outside of Oma. And we both worked and we attended Oma Free Presbyterian Church. Two years later, our first baby was born. On the 20th of April, 1990, we had a wee boy and we called him Joel. And on the 26th, 1991, Cherith was born. And on the 10th of April, 1994, Dwayne was born. The Lord blessed us with three beautiful children. Going back to Christmas 1991, it was a very sad time for our family. Davy's brother, Davy's brothers and his wife were only married for three months when there was a car accident. And on the 24th of December, um, that was Christmas Eve, um, the car accident, uh, Lois who was his wife, had uh, been seriously ill. And sadly, on the 27th, the Lord took Lois home to be with him. It was awful and very, very difficult for all the family, but God gave us the strength that we needed. Moving on to summer 2007, we had planned our family holiday to the south of France. Joel had told me that it would be the last with us as he was going to be with his friends from there on in. What a holiday we had. Some fantastic memories. The following year, Joel and his friends went to Canada. He loved every minute of it. And to my surprise, he brought me back a present. Uh, It was a photo frame. And I have the photo frame here tonight, and I will show it to you later. He also said that he wanted to take me there, that I would really love it, the love of the country so much. 
On the 20th of April 2009, Joel turned 19. He was now out working. He owned his wee car, which, with the help of his dad, restored, and just loved life. He would enjoy winding me up and always full of fun and carry on. On Sunday evening, usually found Joel and his friends after church youth meetings. And on Sunday the 26th, Joel and his friends headed for Randallstown Free Presbyterian Church Rally. On those nights, I never expected him home any sooner than one o'clock or so. He would usually send a wee text saying, leaving now, Mum. And that would leave me content. The weather was bad that night. We had went down to bed, and as usual, I didn't sleep. I don't sleep until they're all safely home, and I'm sure all you mums are the same in here. That night around two o'clock, Joel still hadn't come in. Half two, three o'clock, and then I woke Davy up and told him that Joel hadn't come in yet, and that I was worried. I had texted him several times, but there was no reply. I had tried to phone, but it just went down to voicemail. I was getting more and more anxious, but Davy said, it'll be okay, he'll be home soon. Eventually, around four o'clock in the morning, the car lights come up the drive, and Davy says, there you go now, he's home. But the next thing, the doorbell went, and we both jumped out of bed. We went up to the door, which was a frosted glass, and we could see the shape of a policeman on the other side. I cannot begin to tell you how I felt that night. There are just no words. Fear, weakness, sick, pain, of what we were about to hear. Joel was home, but in his heavenly home. The Lord had taken him instantly from a very bad accident on the Omicookstown Road to be with him in heaven. As a young boy, Joel had asked the Lord into his heart and on his knees at home at his bedside. After a children's meeting, and you know, I thank God for that as a child, myself asking the Lord into my heart. And even though I had wandered from the Lord, the Lord had his hand upon me and he never let me go. I thank the Lord tonight that our children got saved at an early age in their lives. That night of the accident, two elderly people, a husband and a wife, also died. Death can be sudden. No time to make preparation. No time to ask the Lord into your heart. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. If you're here tonight and know not the Lord is your saviour, I urge you to get right with God. Do not leave. Do not turn your back on the Lord. Over the next few days, we were in shock. Everything in our lives had changed completely. Having to tell Sheriff and Dwayne that morning that their brother wouldn't be coming home was the hardest thing we have ever had to do. But the Lord was with us. People flooded our home. They showed us love, kindness, assured us of their prayers, to which we were grateful for all. The next few day, few weeks, months, 
all seemed like one long day that had no night. People kept coming to our home for the next few months. And I remember that morning, that next morning, or that ne- that evening after we had been told the news. And I remember some of our family, and they had some medication or other um, that they were going to give to me that night so that I would get a good night's sleep. And you know what? I refused it, but I know it was just, it was just God. I said, I don't need medication because the Lord is my great physician. He has put me in this position and he will help me all the way through. So I I hadn't need of anything. And to that, I am so thankful today. I hadn't to cook a meal for weeks. The freezer was filled, meals cooked and left on our doorstep. Many, many more acts of kindness. Every night before bed, Davy and I prayed until one night he said to me, Honey, I can't be bothered praying anymore. I see no point in doing so. Davy had let go of the Lord. Straight away I felt sick in the stomach and inwardly I prayed, Dear Lord, help me. For months, Davy lost interest in the things of the Lord. Praying, church, people, even his own business. Our home had changed so, so much. So many rows, breaking down, things happening. His life was a struggle. I got to hear of a family in Ballamallard who had lost their 19-year-old daughter also in a car accident just a couple of months before Joel's. A friend of mine had put me in touch with that family. And through that, I went to a wee ladies group up in the stables in Enniskillen. My friend, who was also called Sandra, and I shared so much, so many tears, so many times we were tired and we had asked for the Lord just to come and take us home. We were cried out and tired of everything. We just wanted our son and our daughter back. At that first ladies' meeting, I just cried. I listened to the other ladies share of how God was at work in their families and in their lives. And a few weeks later, I also was telling them of my story. And they took all on board and brought it to the Lord in prayer. I finally had someone to talk with share of what was happening in her home, and pray earnestly for my husband. Those Tuesday evenings were a real blessing and encouragement to me, like a wee battery charge for the week ahead. There were lots of things going on through my mind. The devil was really busy in our home. I myself at one time struggled with heaven. And what was this? What was this all about? Was this real? Was hell real? Where was Joel? So many tears. I used to go down to my bedside and cry out to the Lord for help. I couldn't even settle to read the Bible. But one day I lifted the Bible up and I opened it. It fell open at John 16 verse 22. And staring right back at me was four wee words. But I will see you again. I read it 
And again, trembling, I thanked the Lord. And boy, I knew from that moment on, heaven and hell are real, that God is alive. I was ready to fight for my family. The old devil wasn't going to destroy or ruin our home. Mark 10 and 9. What, therefore, God has joined together, let no man put asunder. On the 25th of October was Joel's inquest. David didn't want me to have to go through all, so he said he would go himself. But that Sunday morning, the preacher's text was Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And that spoke very clearly to me. I knew I was to go with my husband the next day to that courtroom. While David was away from the Lord, the Lord was building me up. And my love and faith in him was growing week by week. Moving on, 11 months had passed since Joel's death. Home life wasn't easy. And one evening, there was another fallout in our home. I hadn't, I, I had had enough. And I grabbed for the car keys and I left. I was so tired of David and his ways. He wasn't the man that I had married. I just couldn't take any more. I was so wanting Joel back and life and to life as it had been before the 27th of April. But by this stage, Cherith and Dwayne, by this stage, Cherith and Dwayne knew that things weren't good. I had been trying to protect them from the rows and the arguments that Davy and I had been having and was trying to cover up. The tears were tripping me. I just couldn't. I just kept driving and driving, and eventually I pulled up in a Kilimati. And between crying and praying, I asked the Lord, please bring my husband back to me. Have him to ask you back into his heart. A few hours had passed. I had went back home. Cherith and Dwayne were both away. The dinner was still sitting on the table as I'd left it. The kitchen was a mess. But there was a letter on the table which Cherith had wrote to the both of us. And I brought that wee letter with me tonight. This wee letter sits folded on our bedside. And she, she was my rock. She was amazing, young and all as she was. She just, the Lord really did work through her, through her. And I just want to read a few wee paragraphs out that she had read. I want you two to sort things out. Dad, you're shutting mum out of your life. You're also pushing God away. I know so much has went wrong. There is still me and Dwayne. By losing Joel should have brought us closer together than pushing us apart. Dad, you're supposed to be the male father figure in the family. 
The more you blame God, the more he's going to knock you. Dad, you're not going to win against God. Please, please, sort yourselves. Tonight, sit down, talk to each other. Dad, don't you dare make any excuses. Love you both. Well, I read that when I came in and I just, the tears were just, well, the tears were just flowing all the time anyway. Um, and I just, yeah. Davy had come in, he had come up from the garage and I had asked him had he read this. He said he had and I asked him what was he going to do about it. I said I couldn't go on the way we were and that our marriage would be over. I then took him by the hands. We sat down. We were sitting opposite each other. I bowed my head and started to pray. He bowed his head, and both our heads were touching. I don't know, I don't know what I said, but as soon as I was finished, Davy started to pray, and with tears he asked the Lord back into his heart. I was the happiest wife that night. The Lord had given me back my husband. From then till now, we are still on a journey. We have seen and known the hand of the Lord. And how he does heal the brokenhearted when we hand everything to him. There is nothing impossible with God. Our love, my love for the Lord has grown each and every day I live. I love going out for walks. I have a wee back road where I walk and talk with the Lord. The birds sing to me and I sing to them. I pray and I cry out to God on that wee road. I just love spending time alone with my Lord. Cherith went to Moldova back in 2011 with the OAM. That's the Operation Mobilization. I asked the Lord to show me that he would keep her safe, and he gave me a verse. Genesis 28 and verse 15 and 16. And behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again unto this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of you, and I needed nothing more. I knew that Cherith would come back home safely again. You see, I already had lost a child in this world, and I really didn't want to lose another one. And by Cherith going away out to Moldova, to me that seemed the furthest part of the world, but God was with her. I can only give thanks to my Lord and Saviour for his hand upon our family. Cherith then went to the Queen's. She studied for her nursing, which she now is a disability uh, nurse. Um, he gave her, also gave her a godly husband, who we all love. And they married last August. The Lord made it possible 
and gave them the best day ever. We are now expecting our first grandchild in a few weeks, and I can only give all the glory and thanks to the Lord. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Dwayne was very young when his brother went home to be with the Lord. As he grew up, he also struggled with life, but the Lord had his protecting hand upon him. And in September 2019, the Lord called him to serve out in Jordan. He also went out with the OM missions. And in January 2020, Dwayne left for Jordan because I there again had prayed to the Lord and the Lord had given me another verse in Isaiah chapter 11, chapter 58 and verse 11. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. So the Lord had confirmed yet again to me that he was with Dwayne in all of this. The Lord was good and continually led and guided us. I start each day with a thankful heart for all that God has done for me, and I finish each night with a thankful heart for his guidance that day. The verse that I started with would be one of my favorite verses. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Back in those early years of losing Joel, I quietly repeated that verse at night to get over to sleep and first thing in the morning when I awoke. I love the Lord with all my heart and I cannot imagine my life without him. The first year after Joel's death, we were always very big into our Christmas and I was probably daft about Christmas decorations, Christmas trees, and I don't think there was a room in the house but wasn't decorated. But that year after losing Joel, my heart was just not in it, and I wasn't interested in anything like that. But Cherith being young and Dwayne, and they'd asked, Mom, can we have the tree up? And I just, I did not know what to say. We had a very faithful minister that came to us a lot. Some of you may know him, the Reverend Jeffrey Abraham. And he came to our house and talked and prayed with us. And I remember him being there one day and and I had sat and was talking to him and was in tears. And I had said to him about this tree and he just said to me, Sandra, if the cutty wants to put up the tree, let her put up the tree. So I thought, okay. So a good friend of mine had taken me away that day. And Cherith was busy getting the tree up. I allowed her to put the tree up, but nothing else. And I would have been always very much traditional, reds, golds, greens, all the usual colors. Um, so we came home that night, and my, my stomach was sick. I was nervous, and... I just did not know how I was going to react when I'd see this tree. Christmas was the last thing that was on my mind. And we came into the house, Cherith, 
She was all smiles, but I knew she was nervous as well. And we stood around, made small talk first. And then she says, right, Mom, it's time. And before we even got into the room, we were in tears, all of us, I think. But whenever we opened the door and I seen the tree, all I could see was the white and the gold. And straight away I thought of heaven. That is where Joel is. Joel is in heaven. The golden streets of heaven. The white, the pureness. And you know that Christmas, every time I looked in that tree, I just thought, oh, how lovely heaven must be. And it just made me want to know more and more about heaven. Do you know, on the fifth, when, or the fifth anniversary of Joel, Joel, I told you, had been to Canada with his friends for the holiday. And he had brought me back a frame um, for a photo. Uh, something which Joel boys don't really do is bring their mums back presents. But Joel had brought me back this frame. And um, we had went. The frame, I'll show it to you here now. This was the frame of the bears. And there was then the place to put in a photo in it. And right up at the top, it says, the mountains are calling. And after Joel's death, I could never read it like that anymore. All I read was, the Lord is calling. And that's what's on that photo now. It's not the mountains. But the Lord had called Joel home. That was already in the Lord's planning a year before Joel's death. But on Joel's fifth anniversary, the Lord did make a way for us. We were able to go out to Canada. We were able to see some of the places where Joel had been, do some of the things he'd done. And he had told me of several places where he'd wanted me to take me. And we were able to go there. And you know, the Lord has just poured out his blessing upon us ever since. Since Joel's death, we have lost track of the many people that has come to the Lord. The many young people that has got saved through Joel's death. And strangely enough, from we started coming here, not that long ago, there was a family that we were talking to. And they had told us about how... He had been speaking at a meeting one night and five young men put their trust in the Lord. And like we have only heard that recently and it just is just, it's wonderful. It is just wonderful what the Lord can do. And you know, God has blessed us abundantly. Now that we verse in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 now unto him who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. So many times the Lord has just left us speechless. The people that he has brought us in contact with, the conversations that we've had, the people that have got saved. And you know, it has just gone on and on and on. I cannot imagine my life without the Lord. And you know, my prayer tonight is that if anyone is here tonight and that doesn't know the Lord as their own personal saviour, 
You know, you will never ever have any other friend that will stick closer to you than like he does. He never leaves you. In your darkest hour, he will be there. He will be holding your hand. Even for me to be standing here tonight is a miracle because I am not a speaker by any means. But you know, it has nothing to do with me. I give all glory to the Lord for what he has done in my life. And thank you very much for listening. Amen.